0: Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Joseph Matićich, Secretary of the Seventh Adventist Church in South Australia. And I'll be your host for the program today. So welcome along to the program wherever you may be joining us. Our text line number here is 0488-880-811. That number again, 0488-880-811. love to hear from you. If you have any comments, any questions, uh, please send them through uh, on that text line number. This week we are going to look at the question, what does God want for us? And today in particular we're looking at this question, how to deal with our past. Joining me today is Pastor William Moala, Pastor of the Paravista Seventh-day Adventist Church as well as the Gawler Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, here in Adelaide, South Australia. Uh, good afternoon William, welcome along. Good afternoon, Joseph. Uh, lovely
1: to be here in the studio with you.
0: Yeah, welcome back for a start of another week. It's it's great to to be able to uh, to kick off the the drive time week uh, together with you. Uh, we tend to be sort of um, uh, chopping and changing yeah. a little bit between hosting and co-hosting, but uh, yeah, it's great great to do it together, regardless yeah. how, how uh, which side of the uh, the, the desk we're, we're sitting on, so to speak. So that's yeah. right. I'm having a blast. Yeah, no, that's really good. And look, William. Um, we're we're very much in the midst of these COVID restrictions around Australia. Daily, there there seems to be ongoing developments, isn't there? Um, and um, situations changing and um, uh, lockdowns increasing, spreading across the country. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's still going. And um, yet then on we have um, all the discussion about vaccines. Um, we have our Australian Olympic team that's flown off and. Gone yeah. to gone to get ready in Tokyo for the yeah. start of the Olympic Games, which are uh, meant to start um, yeah. at the end of this week. And yet, uh, over in Tokyo, in Japan, there are uh, lots of COVID cases. Yeah. and there's all this uncertainty, That's and right. it, it's 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 a
1: little bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's the world we're living in, unfortunately, since last year. Um, yeah, COVID is just taking over the world and it's affecting people's lives all across the world, not just here in Australia. I was just looking, because um, we're here based in Adelaide, just in a state and where I'm from in um, Sydney, I just, unfortunately, it had to happen. But um, where my folks live over there in, um, in Sydney, in Roselands, in Sydney's southwest, um, it was actually listed as a COVID um, exposure site. Oh, and no. I think, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I had a chat with dad. He's still still over there with um, little sister, and my brother lives out there as well. I mean, another part of Sydney. So yeah, it's definitely in my own area now. So um, I'm just praying and hoping that you know our loved ones that live in these areas, um, hopefully, are not going to get uh, infected, and hopefully they'll be okay. So and they've been in lockdown now for a number of weeks, haven't they? Yeah, I think they're into their third week now, or third or fourth. I can't remember yeah. exactly, but. Yeah, I just see on social media, I've got a lot of friends, you know, I mean on social media and a lot of them are very upset. <laughs> you know, they yeah. just see it as the government trying to, you know, put a hard stance on them. And so oh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot yeah. of obviously a lot of angst and a lot of frustration, I guess, even here in our in our city, just just um the with this idea of these restrictions really put putting a bit of a dampen on our on how we're living our daily lives. So And there's there's this in, huge
0: inconsistencies in the sense that, yeah. like I mentioned, the the Olympic athletes have been have gone off to overseas. Yeah. Uh, none of us can go overseas, so to speak, yeah. and yet they they've gone all off that, uh, over there. They're they're going to be competing. Uh, we're hearing all these reports of uh, large number of actual. Uh, cases of COVID mm. happening here in Australia. We have uh, football teams that are able to travel yeah. a- and play, and uh, and yet uh, ordinary citizens, uh, other people, so to speak, aren't able to go see loved ones, uh, or um, particularly yeah. when, when loved ones have died, then yeah. they they can't get get to travel immediately. So there's there's real inconsistencies, is not
1: there? Yeah, and I think that's part of the tough. Tough job that our politicians and our leaders are um, kind of, um, just goes, goes with leadership because they're going to bear a brunt, the brunt of a lot of what's been communicated to our, to our, you know, to the people here in Australia and overseas. So, you know, you were mentioning sporting venues and all that. You know, I can't help but fathom, um, Joseph, that to some extent, um, Money must play a little bit of a role. Uh. I, I just have this feeling because, yeah. On the one hand, you you know you've been told to stay inside and all this business, but then, on the other end, you've got you know literally thousands of people congregating at a at a football game. I mean, That's is right. that really a uh, an essential you know activity that yeah. we should be mm. doing now? And and I think, yeah. Uh, going going back to the leaders, I think if they put a hard stop on a lot of these things, you know. Obviously, the ramifications of that, and I don't know, are they thinking for their personal, you know, positions? Or what, if they make certain decisions, how are they gonna, it's gonna affect them now? But I'm thinking of politicians, you know, because yeah, you see right. them on TV every day, you see the media whipping up this storm, and I just can't help how much, how much of what they're saying is for the good of the community. And how much of it, now I don't want to delve into conspiracies here, but how much is there a little bit under the table or that we may not necessarily get a big picture on? So, Mm. And I think that's part of the frustration because I think people can generally know when people are telling the truth when there is a serious problem. But like you're saying, if there's inconsistencies, that person that flew in from another part of the world to see their dying father and mother and they can't let them see them, and yet we have other exemptions for footy players. And, you know, yeah, there's no real, like you're saying, there's no consistent um, kind of um, approach to this. So, no. look, I'm just watching from the sidelines, but I'm sure the experts seem to ha- have their own way of moving forward. So, certainly, vaccines is a hot topic in, in our country today. So, yeah, look, it's interesting how how our leaders are going through it. And um, I, I can almost guarantee that many of our listeners tonight – you know, we all have our views on this. That's right. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's one we're just going to have to walk through patiently. And I guess as believers, we just, you know, go through this prayerfully and yeah. asking ourselves, you know, how can we best kind of, you know, live in light of what we've been told, you know, from the government. But then, obviously, um, we want to worship God and we want to, um, you know, we want to follow the Lord as well. So, That's right. That's right. And this yeah. is pretty current because – um. As you know, there's with the restrictions, there's some like in our context, there's some churches that are wrestling with this. How do they deal with this on a weekly basis? What do they do with their attendance? What do they do with how they worship? Are they, you know, just a couple of weeks, you know, we were told just, just a few days ago we can't sing. So that really upset a lot of our parishioners. Yeah. Just, so a lot of them are saying, you know, have their certain views on why or why not. And so, yeah, there's a lot of it's a very, um, Sensitive topic for that way. It is. It is. Yeah, you're, you're you're, did,
0: you're, you're spot on correct. Uh, it is. You know, and it's, it, people are, have got views and some, some are fearful and so, so are yep. staying away. Attendances are dropping. Uh, others are saying that this is a bit overreactive. You know, yeah. we, we should press on and, yeah, and, yep. and, and, be allowed to keep worshipping God. And, and, and so is that, yeah, it's a, it's, it's an interesting space. Look, let's, let's come to our world watch, can we? And I, I wanted to share something that, um, I was just reading about it just just the other day. Uh, th- this caught my eye, uh, William, and um, it's really interesting. You know, so many things there that are happening around us that um, kind of a uh, are surprising, I guess. This is um, the ABC uh, news uh, reported uh, this article. Uh, news weird. It's titled this: "Weird Christianity and Why Young People Are Embracing Orthodoxy Online and in Church." So. Uh, l- listen what it says here uh, the article the report says Gregorian chants renaissance choral music and incense wafting from metallic censer. in an era when Kane West runs gospel inspired services and megachurches like Hillsong release chart topping hits these ancient Christian traditions are unexpectedly having a moment
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they're not just resonating with older generations either Younger flocks, this says here, younger, sorry, younger people, not the younger flocks, younger people are flocking to late night Latin mass uh, and embracing, at least they were prior to COVID, and they're embracing Christian orthodoxy in online spaces. And uh, the author of a a, a forthcoming book titled Strange Rites, a lady by the name of Tara, Isabella Burton, an American-based author, um, she's a member of the self-proclaimed weird Christian movement, um, and so she, th- this is what she's saying: how young people are actually flocking to these uh, uh, late-night masses where they w- where they could prior to COVID, or or certainly jumping uh, and watching it online. Um, she explains this. She says the term "weird Christian" is often applied to young online Christians who embrace the elements of their faith that might be considered weird by the modern world. Um, Elements, she says, like the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Um, She goes on and says, we don't have to explain away miracles or fit them into a modern scientific system, but actually embrace the strangeness of those, of those ideas. Um, that's, and, and then she uh, it, it comments here that the allure of weird Christianity goes beyond an espousal of the Bible. Uh, this, this author, Burton, she says, the otherworldly nature of religious rituals are also appealing to the young and, and disillusioned. Um, uh, she says that one of the factors uniting this community is their, in her words, punk like rejection. Of contemporary secular capitalist culture in favor of old fashioned Christianity. Mm. That's, you know, I found that rather surprising, William, that um, we have these young people turning to old fashioned mm. formal re- religious rituals. Uh, that seems to buck the trend. Of of our society, where where religion in general and church attendance has been in decline, yeah. And here we have uh, young people uh, turning back to engaging uh, to some of the, these rituals of of, of uh, and and these. This is re- particularly referring to, I guess, um uh, the the, the main, couple of the mainline churches that that have those. Liturgical worship services, William. So, you know, the Anglicans, um, the Catholics, uh, referring to the, the, their rituals of the Eucharist, etc., et incense, um, in, in Gregorian chants. I mean, what do you make of that? Why mm. is it that young people are strangely being drawn to that? Mm.
1: I think my personal perspective on that, Joseph, is I think young people in general. They they want authenticity, okay. And I think what young people when they look at the church today, I the word that kind of came to my mind as you were speaking is, I think when they look at uh, I say contemporary Christian culture. and know uh, this is just my personal perspective. I guess they might see it as like you were quoting what they were saying that the, the author this contemporary secular, capitalistic culture. I, I like I, I like to use the word the. Um, The monetization of religion Like in other words When they see something that's so sacred And so holy being cheapened To an extent where it becomes Some type of Almost like a Almost like a a person selling something Uh, You know I think of Say you know these Big time you know tele-evangelists That You know, promise healing and miracles, this kind of prosperity preaching. You know, I think all of these things kind of culminate where a young person looks at that and says, that's not, that's not the type of religion I want. Mm. And I think what they've done is, you know, um, they've, they've moved. They moved away from that. And, and so I think there's a bit of that. Young people want authenticity. And another point i like to make is I think in, in every culture, there's always going to be a tension between the current yes. and, and what it was like before. Okay. And I think whether it's religion, I'm just thinking of the arts. Um, for instance, um, yeah, you take any discipline, any type of you know uh, culture. Like, let's just say martial arts, for instance, because um, – Let's just say like there is a current new method of a new particular martial art, and so you're going to have uh, people who go, no, that's not the true martial art that's not how it was originally taught, so we have to go back to the ancestors and and learn about the pureness okay. of, of what it how it originally originally t- originally taught yeah, so yeah. I think and that may not be the best example, but I think the authenticity and I think in every culture and we're talking about religion now. There's always a tension between the now and before. Yes. Quick text that to me kind of highlights this, uh, if you don't mind me just sharing this very quickly, Joseph. Uh, I couldn't help but think of that text in Jeremiah 6 and verse 16, uh, where it says there, uh, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it, Then you will find rest for your souls. So, I I see there's, I think, two things. The tension, mm-hmm. people, young people dissatisfy what they see. They say, I don't want any of that. If that's God, if that's religion, you know, that's not, that doesn't, that's not how I see God. Mm. And so, they they kind of go away and then they go to another uh, expression of it. And it's interesting you mentioned the article Gregorian. I, I I kind of, you know, I was kind of, you know, on YouTube, oh, this is going back a few months now. It wasn't like last week or two. And... Yeah, for some reason, I was listening to Gregorian chanting. Okay. If you listen to it, it's, I don't know, but it it sounds very, because it's so different. You don't hear that in your churches every week. No. And there's something almost mystical, almost spiritual, if you will. And I think there's also a bit of a mind game here because I think in our minds, if we're doing something so different, yeah, then okay. it must be special. Okay. Yep. So you, you think about it, Joseph. Remember when we were in college, we learned about the Gnostics, you know, yeah. this idea of secret knowledge. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like that. It's like there is a religion of the day, and there are others thinking, no, 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 there is this, there is another element mm. that, that we're missing. So I, I'm I'm just hearing the article for the first time, Joe. I'm thinking two things: authenticity mm-hmm. and this and this idea to react, if you will, yeah, yeah, to what's yeah, um, yeah. to the current culture, yeah, yeah. So I don't know that's my that's my thoughts.
0: That they are very very good points. I appreciate that. Authenticity, and, yeah, and as you pointed out, and and a reaction to to what's currently happening. Pe- people are sensing that. Yeah, our current lifestyle, our secular lifestyle, despite all, everything that it may have to offer and seemingly to have have the answers for, for young people, they're saying, "Hey, and I, I think that there's something still missing here." That they, they, they are. It's actually I, I see a bit of a a, a searching, a, a yearning, a yearning for something. Now, I'll give you another example,
1: Joseph. Yeah, I know your time's going to break, but let me <laughs> cut in. Sure, can't help myself. <laughs> For instance, there's a whole craze. I don't know how long, but it's been around for a few years. Have you heard of the tiny house movement? So it's basically a movement that started, I think, in in America somewhere, and it's basically you're talking about bucking the trend. It's about bucking the trend of this ideology where you got to, you know, save for your whole life and pay a mortgage off the rest uh-huh. of your life so they're basically it's basically a house on wheels like a trailer almost Okay, yes, and it's almost yes, like yes. this subculture of people who are kind of saying no to the you know the, the normal the, get a loan and pay it off for the rest of your life Right. and so it's it's called the tiny house movement you got to look it up and sometimes me and my <laughs> wife will watch these videos on yeah, and on yeah. YouTube and we're like honey we got to do this we got to do the tiny house movement because <laughs> we're thinking of the advantages of, you know like you're saving mortgage rent and all this but then there's a the flip side you know you've got to have a place to park it and all this, so I'm when you're talking about this idea of, I think in any space there's always going to be what's happening now, and either a, you rea- know, a reaction, yeah, a reaction, yep. or like there's always a resistance.
0: Okay, yep. so whatever yep. it is, money,
1: yep. faith, religion, politics, there's always going to be some people who say that's not the truth. That's not what it's about. Yep. And I think that's why we progress because we all kind of learn from what's gone before us. Yes. And we're just building and hopefully evolving and getting to a place where we kind of get there. And I think part of life is we may never get there because it's an endless… Evolution, if I want to use that word, yeah. of thinking in re- the broad thinking. sense of the term. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah no, I appreciate you. I better insight, stop now because yeah. I know there's a break coming up. <laughs> yeah, look, we, we we do need to take a break, but yeah, interesting nonetheless. What what what, what we're finding happening here, and uh, this is this is you know, reported here in, in Australian Australian news, and um, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, William, and and this brings me to to our song. Let, let's play the song. Um, what what really matters is to come to know that um, Jesus, and and knowing Jesus for ourselves is is really what what, what it comes down Amen. to nothing else—money, uh, uh, our possessions, uh, our careers, um, uh, whatever it is—will ultimately matter, and that's why I've chosen this song here. I'd rather have Jesus. Uh, let you're listening to to Faith FM Drive Time. Mm-hmm. to in your pocket? Just go to faithfm.com.au on your phone and you can listen anywhere and anytime. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time uh, BQ&A uh, with Pastor Joseph Matichich and uh, Pastor William Mawala. Uh, William is the pastor of the Para Vista 7th Adventist Church uh, in Adelaide and the Gawler 7th Adventist Church as well. And um, yeah, we are today looking at the topic of how to deal with our past. This is an interesting uh, question that, that we're posing. It, it begins a, a week here for us where we're going to be uh, looking at overall the, the question of what does God want for us? And so we're starting today about looking at h- how to deal with our past. Uh, William, it's, I remember um, uh, reading uh, an experience of, uh, of a person who um, uh, had sent to, um, he, he, he posted in the mail um, uh, back to a post office um, two old stamps from about 40 years ago and the reason he posted these stamps is because uh, back then in you 40 well it was more because this this was during the Second World War uh, when there were rations when life was tough and um, and uh, there wasn't much going around. And what he had actually done is he had uh, – w- because he didn't have much, much, uh, many means, this person – he had found a, a, an envelope uh, uh, that had come in the mail and where the stamp um, – we don't ha- have this th- these much these days as much because we don't have as much postal mail. But back uh, previously when postal mail was a big thing, you would yep. have the postage stamps on the envelope and then – over the stamps would be like a stamp. Like another one, like, like a seal almost top of yeah, it. Almost yeah, almost like a seal, which, which sort of stamped you know, either where the place, uh, w- from where the uh, letter was posted or uh-huh. the date in which it was posted. Uh, however, uh, these two stamps had not gotten sealed, had not gotten marked, and so this gentleman was able to peel off the uh, the stamp. This is this is going back, you know, uh, during the Second World War era, he peeled off those and he reused them. In other words, um, he had not paid the postage for uh, for that mail out. Okay. Years later, years later, he, he, he realises that what he did back then was not the right thing. Oh, okay. He'd not been honest because he hadn't paid postage. <laughs> and so what does he do? he he bought new stamps and he sent them to, I can't exactly remember where, where he sent it to but he, maybe the state revenue office the, uh, yeah. but, but he posted it and there was this note from him to say, which basically explained the story of what, what I've just shared um, how wow. all those years back then he'd reused those stamps which meant that he hadn't actually properly paid for postage to, to send that letter and that must have um, gnawed away at him, must yeah. must have bothered him yeah. um, what he did in the past mm. And uh, and so he um, wanted to uh, to make things right again. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. You know, how do we deal with our past? I mean, we all have something in our past yep. um, that that uh, that that would bother us, that would concern us. You know. We, we, we have the expression, there are skeletons in everyone's closet. Um, and, um, there are various ways that people try to deal with the past. Either just, you know, deny it, push it aside, hope no, no, nothing gets brought up. Others, others go to other extremes where they completely move away from that, from a, f- a former lifestyle and try to completely make amends. Um, uh, others think, well, it doesn't really matter, I, I don't really have any kind of a past, so I, I'm, I'm okay, I don't have to do anything in the here and now. So there's all these various, yeah. varied responses, aren't there? Um, mm-hmm. We, we want to look at, ultimately, as humans, how do we deal with our past? And, and the, the fact that we're asking this question, I'm going to get you to plunge straight into yeah. answering it for us, how we need to deal with it is implied the fact that we do need to deal with it, and I know you're going to explain to us yeah. why we need to deal with the past, even if we, even if people don't think they need to, why it is they do need to.
1: Yeah. So, what do you want to share yeah. with us? You know, when you were talking about that that particular gentleman's story, um, uh, the word that came to my mind was um, restitution and making things right for what yeah. we've done in the past. And I think that's right. there are overlapping themes that's presented tonight in your. The question that's been presented for our listeners, and I'm talking, and you know, if we've wronged someone, we go back to that person. You know, we're talking about dealing with the past, but I'm going to kind of give a very a cosmic, eternal scope to this question okay. uh, today. But that 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 means it applies to everybody. Yeah, it applies to everybody. Well done. Go for it. So, um, so you know, I'd like to start with this text, uh, Joseph. You know, in the Gospel of John, and in chapter 16, uh, Jesus talks about um, the person of the Holy Spirit, the, mm-hmm. the work of the Holy Spirit. You find it in uh, chapters John, uh, 14, 15, 16 when Jesus talks there to his disciples. But in verse 8 of chapter 16, there, there there's a line there where Jesus says that the role of the Holy Spirit is to, one of his works, uh, his functions is to convict us of sin. Okay. So when we're talking tonight about... Dealing with our past, I'm kind of coming from the angle of of a person who um, is coming to the awareness of this being that we call God, and uh, I often say, sometimes Joseph, not to mean it in a bad way, but I say some often to people that one of the first things that God does when He wants to reveal Himself, more often than not, He makes us feel aware of our sin and our past okay. and the things that we've done um, he gives us an antidote and a remedy to that but firstly he Tells us gives us a, a realistic assessment of who we are. It's kind of like a doctor. When you go to a doctor's office, they they give you the the reality of your situation. They don't try and you know, um, sure, yeah, sure, code it. Yeah. They give you the, the raw data, the facts, and then they give you a, a step forward. Mm. So when we're talking today in our topic, um, uh, how do I deal with my our past? Um, firstly, we have to look at it from the perspective of. Um, um, we can't change ourselves. We can't change what we've done in the past. Mm. So I'm just kind of uh, throwing that sentiment out there to our listeners uh, today, to this evening, or whenever you listen to this program. Um, We all have things in our past... That sometimes haunt us. Sometimes we can do driving down the road and we, we, our, it, a, a thought just comes from something we have done, you know, uh, in our past. And if we linger in that space, it can make us feel uh, worrisome, burdensome, even mm-hmm. somewhat depressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so when we're talking about how do we deal with our past, I want to talk to our listeners in the context of, of knowing God and how does God deal with our past because you know this is a Christian radio station and it's it's our endeavor and our purpose and objective is that people will know God for themselves and so when we're talking about our past um, one thing is for certain every one of us has a past um and more often than not, sometimes it's filled with memories and incidences that we're not super proud of, mm. things that we have done that may have shamed us, may have shamed our family, things that we have done that may have been immoral, things that we have done that has caused us restless nights of sleep. I know in my early teen years, my own personal experience, Joseph, there's things that I've done that, um, you know, uh, until... Mm. Um, I gave that to God was really um, bugging me and kind of weighing me down because it was like a burden that was just always over my shoulder. So the first thing I want to talk about this in the context of of dealing with our past, what does God think about our past? Because essentially, um, you know, God wants to have a relationship with us. But there may be some people thinking and maybe have this mindset, um, you know, God may not love me or accept me because of my past or I'm not good enough to, to know God or attend church or be a so-called believer or a Christian because of my past. I want to say to those people listening to our show today is that, the Bible tells us something dramatically different to what that current line of thinking may be if there's someone who has that mindset today. You know, the text that I think of at this very moment is um, says in Isaiah uh, chapter 43 and verse 4, is a beautiful promise, Joseph, and the Bible says to us, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. So there's a text in Isaiah. Then there's another one in Jeremiah 31 in verse three. A beautiful passage, and uh, the text says there. God's word says, "Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, God says He draws us." So, so William, God really does care about us. That's that's what that's saying. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah and people might be thinking what does this question have to do with our past we're going to get to that but but just kind of painting this picture about God first when he looks at us before he looks at our past before he looks at the mistakes and the things that we may have committed mm. he doesn't look at that first he looks at us he looks at each of us uh, Joseph through this lens of love and compassion mm. and going back to that text um, God's word says that he loves us with an Everlasting love mm. and That's pretty mind-blowing Joseph yeah. Because our love from a human standpoint You know there's obviously a, a start and a beginning point yeah. And our love is kind of fluctuates Depending on what that person does or does not do to us So our love is kind of fleeting It's up and down Because we're emotionally driven uh, cr- creatures Yet God's love is a, is everlasting So here's my thought as we kick off our, our study And as our, our conversation God's never ever Ending love for you is far beyond human understanding. Um, in fact, He would love you even now. This is a mind blow for 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 some of us. You know, when I kind of caught this concept, Joseph, it, it just really blew my mind. And here's what I want to say: that God loves every one of us. That even if you and I, Joseph, if there's someone listening to our show tonight and uh, in the in the next moments, next day or so, if you're the only person on this world that God would love. Just you, mm. if you're the only one, and 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 can kind of uh, extend that thought is that Jesus um, would have given His life for even you. Yeah, wow. And so, wow, jo- Joseph, that really puts God's love into this amazing picture Yeah. is that yes the Bible tells us in the gospel of John chapter 3 that He's he loves the whole world mm. but what an amazing thought to think that for our listeners and for you and I in the studio that God loves me yeah. me individually and as we just shared here you know that even if you Joseph were the only one on planet earth that needed God's grace and God's forgiveness that Jesus would have come to this earth to save just you because every human being
0: William wants wants to, uh, craves to be accepted yeah uh, to, to, to be loved it, that that's that's how it is with everyone Let, let's be honest deep down in every person uh, there is this innate desire that we that we're accepted we're loved and um, and so people try different things they they, they try to um, do things or yep. have things that which which will hopefully make them um, be loved. Yeah, that that, that you know, people are seeking that, and yes. we see we see some destructive ways. Sometimes that that people t- turn to destructive ways because they're just seeking attention, seeking acceptance. And yet, what you're pointing out here from scripture is that you know whilst we are all seeking that. Uh, and whilst all of us might think, oh, yeah. I, I hope that, you know, I, I get accepted by someone. I hope there's someone you know, that will love me just as I am. Yeah. Actually, there is. Yes. <laughs> even, even no matter what our past may have been, yeah. and we're talking here about our past, how yeah. to deal with that. Yeah. You,
1: you've just pointed out that God loves us. Yeah. Uh, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Powerful. Uh, you know, this is a humbling thing to, to really talk about tonight, uh, today, Joseph, because uh, we're sitting in the studio. And as you can vouch, and I can vouch for this, we, we've experienced this love for ourselves personally. Yeah. And, you know, it's that love, that awareness of. See, we're talking today about dealing with our past, but we're talking upfront about God because at the end of the day, um, there are some who may be listening to our show tonight that may think that their past is a barrier to knowing God. okay, And I want to say to that person, if you're in your car, you're listening at home, you know, God loves you. He doesn't love you because of what you're going to do or because of what you have done. The beautiful thing about God's love, it is unconditional. Mm. And so, I just want to kind of lay that groundwork tonight, Joseph, is that, as Jeremiah says, he loves us with an everlasting love. And to think, Joseph, that for, for people who come to faith people who kind of find God later in their life or they may not have been brought up in a church and they have a series of events that unfold, they find God. The amazing thing is that God even loved them. Mm. I'm I'm thinking about myself. as That's why I'm talking. That God loved me even when I did not profess to know God. Mm. I didn't have a picture of God. I didn't want to know God. And yet here is God saying to me in his word that he's loved me with an everlasting love. You know, the, the question may be asked by some as they're listening tonight. Well, well, how does God demonstrate? It, it sounds good, Will. It sounds yeah. good, Pastor. It sounds good, Joseph. Yes, God loves us. I, I kind of heard that. I understand a generic understanding. Yes, he's a loving, compassionate God. But, but has he, how does, has he actually showed and demonstrated that? Mm. And I want to say to our listeners tonight, absolutely. Um, well, just alluding to this, uh, passage just a few moments ago, you know, The most famous passage, perhaps, in all of Scripture, John chapter 3 and verse 16. And the Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So if you listen to that text again, Joseph, For God so loved the world that he gave you know, giving—it's an action. Yeah. And so, how does God demonstrate His love? Well, He He did it by showing us. Yeah. He gave us an example. There's another text in uh, Romans five eight where the Bible says, "But God demonstrates His own love towards us." And I love the way it ends, in that um, while we were still sinners, Christ died for
0: us. So. So certainly, uh, what we find is, his, God has shown His love even before uh, we t- take a step towards Him, yeah. or, or maybe even you know um, yep. ac- acknowledge that. Yeah, he, he takes the certainly the
1: initiative, and um, not because we deserve it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a good point, Joseph, because the very heart of Christianity, the very heart of of this biblical picture of God, is. This beautiful word that you and I read and preach and un- and try to live out is God's grace. Mm. This idea that God's love to humanity is is voluntary, and it was a gift. And so when John says in chapter 3, God so loved, it doesn't stop there. It says he loved the world, talking about us, talking about the all of us here on planet Earth. Everybody. That he gave. Yeah, everybody, Joseph. That's right, Pastor. He gave his only begotten son. Who is that? That's Jesus. Mm. But then there is a challenge at the end, and, and ah. we're going to end our program tonight, Pastor Joseph, uh, with... With a call to action, if you will, yeah. for for listeners that are tuning in tonight. So the text goes on to say, "Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life." Um. So, so how does God demonstrate His love? He He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to to live and to ultimately die on a cross, because Jesus would have rather died on that cross and even himself was willing to risk missing out on eternity wow. just so you and I and whoever believes in him uh, could take advantage of his sacrifice. And I know that for some people who may be listening tonight that is a that is a deep concept to 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 think on and and grasp Mm -hmm. that this God would send his one and only son, live a perfect life, and ultimately die a gruesome and um, painful death uh, on the cross. Why? Well, the Bible tells us because he loves us. So we're talking today, uh, Joseph, about dealing with our past. I want to say to our listeners tonight that you know what? God loves us, that he did something about our past.
0: And he did something about our past, and you said he he did something by dying on the cross. Now, yeah, why? But why did he die? Why death? What did Jesus' death do?
1: Yeah, uh, for us. Why did he have to die? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things here that. Um well the, there 's a couple of texts I'm thinking right now joseph there's one in first John in th- chapter three and verse one it says uh, behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God so there's this idea that that jesus's death would in a sense highlight and showcase the love the depth of god 's love he didn't just just speak and tell us he loves us, but he showed us. Mm. So what did Jesus' death do? So he loved us, but if you notice the text there, that we should be called children of God. So that that there is a connecting verse. It's telling us the reason. Mm. So the reason why Jesus died, the reason why the Father bestowed his love upon us by sending Jesus, so that you and I, Joseph, and our listeners, and all of humanity, that we are incorporated into God's family. Mm. So the death of Jesus wasn't just, hey, I'm going to a cross because, no, it was deeply, it was a sense in which humanity had been broken, severed, if you will, from the family of God. And through Jesus' death, he gives us, The privilege, if you will, that we could be called children, the sons and daughters of God. There's another text, uh, Joseph, in John chapter 1 and verse 12. uh says there, as many as received him, talking about those who believe in, accept Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. There it is again. To those who believe in his name. So Christ died, Joseph. Um, now, there's a couple of things here. He died to satisfy the death penalty. So there is this sense in which our sins um, deserve death. Mm. This sense of... Uh, uh, well, the, the Bible breaks. says the wages of sin is death. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, I think
0: it spells out that we're all... Well, we all have a past. Uh, in the biblical sense, we're all sinners,
1: and therefore we deserve to die. Yeah. But what you're saying is Jesus dies... In our place Yes yeah. Absolutely And I loved how you Articulated it so well David. He died in our place Yeah In other words He You know He he took our place He took The punishment yes. That we deserve yeah. yeah And and he bore that Again Coming back to that question He did it because He loved us
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: We got a few minutes Before we head to the break Just let me end on this Little bit here in John 1 um, Pastor Joseph Um so, so this idea that Christ dies to satisfy the death penalty Now this may, you know, we can go a little bit longer on this in another show But just kind of summing this up Jesus, he was born so that he could suffer the kind of death That that all sinners actually deserve mm. And so the beautiful thing about what we're sharing today, uh, Joseph Is that for for anyone who offers Um, To give you the credit for what he did Uh, Jesus, sorry, offers to give us Meaning you and I And everyone who listens The credit for what he did So when you look at Jesus' life He lived a perfect life And the beautiful thing about the gospel, Joseph Is that his life is now credited to us So that we can be counted as As John said earlier Children of God, Mm -hmm. righteous So Jesus' death was accepted by God as a full payment for all of our wrongs. So we're talking today about our past. What does Jesus' death have to do with it? He died because of our mistakes. Okay. He died because our mistakes, our past, the things we've done wrong. The Bible says we're all sinners, Romans 3.23. So, so the wage of sin is death, as you said, Romans 6. What does God do? He sends His one and only Son, lives a perfect life, then He goes to a cross and dies as a penalty for, for the sins, not that he committed because he never sinned, No, but for ours. Yeah, wow, that's powerful. And Um, that's the beautiful gift that he offers. Yeah, William, we we do need to take a very quick break and we'll come
0: straight back. But what you're saying is um, that the only way to deal with our past Mm -hmm. is actually to come to Jesus – to accept His death, that because He loved us while we were yet sinners. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we cannot change our past. We cannot uh, fix it. We cannot deal with it. Only yes. He can. And um, so, yeah, we have to come to Him, and we can come to Him just as we are, which yes. is what this song is all about. Just as I am. Uh, stay. Stay with us. We'll be straight back after this song.
3: Just as I.
2: M in your pocket? just go to faithfm.com.au
0: on your phone and you can listen anywhere and anytime. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with our uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich and William Awala. and we've been looking at um, uh, one of the most important questions in life that is how to deal with our with our past. And uh, William, look in the just a few remaining minutes, uh, why don't you just bring it all, all this together for us as we as we're trying to answer this most important
1: issue, how can people deal with their past? Yeah. If you want to deal with your past, this simply boils down to this, Joseph. We've got to admit three things, and then we're going to have to believe three things. Okay. So the first three, mm-hmm. the first three things we have to admit. Number one, we have to admit that we are a sinner. You know, the Bible tells us that we've all sinned. Okay. Think about us. That, that means absolutely everybody. All of us. Yep. Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned and mm. fall short of the glory of God. So we have to, number one, admit that we are a sinner. We have to come to that place. Mm. The second thing we need to admit is that we have to admit that because of our sins, we are doomed to death. We deserve our uh, death. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. Okay. So, three things we have to admit. Number one, we are a sinner. The uh-huh. second thing is that we deserve death. Yeah. And the third thing we need to admit is that we cannot save ourselves. Mm. You know, Jesus says in John 15, without him, we can do nothing. Mm. So there's three things that we, we must admit. We are a sinner. We are worthy of death mm-hmm. because of our past failures. Mm. And we can't save ourselves.
0: So even even if, if a person you know says, okay, from now on, I'm just going to be... Only going to do the right things. I'm going to be a, yeah. endeavor to be the, the best person ever. You're saying that even that won't really yeah.
1: doesn't cut it. Even if you from this very second decided to live the most holy, righteous, perfect, and yep. up, up you know upstanding life, the Bible says something about you. Wow. about us. We are all sinners. Yeah. So that is something that we cannot outwork. We can't we can't work our way of that. We can't give money to change that ah, that status. The wow. Bible says that. All of humanity has sinned. Does mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you're a church goer or not. Doesn't matter if you claim to be a believer. Whoever you are listening, the whole world has one problem. The Bible calls it sin. Yeah. We've all fallen short. So there's three things we have to admit. We're a sinner. We're doomed to die. We can't save ourselves. But then, Joseph, there's three things that we, I believe from the Bible, we must believe. Number one, we must believe that Jesus died for me. Yeah. We have to personalize it. Because the Bible says in Hebrews that, chapter 2 and verse 9, that Jesus tasted death for everyone. Yeah. So we have to believe that he died for us. Number two, we have to believe that he forgives us. First John 1.9, you know mm. the text very well, Joseph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the third thing we must believe, Joseph, is that he saves me. Okay, in John 6, okay. verse 47, I love this passage, Joseph. Jesus says, He who believes in me has everlasting life. Wow. So let me sum this up, uh, Joseph, yeah, very please, quickly. Please. If you're listening tonight and you want to deal with your past, I want to encourage you from the Bible, admit three things. Number one, you're a sinner. Number two, because of our sins, our past failures, we are doomed to die. And the third thing is, must admit, we can't save ourselves. So, William, that's the three things to admit.
0: Admit, we have to admit. And then you said that there were three things to, to, believe. to believe. That this is almost like A, B, C, yes. isn't it? And and then admit. Th- this is believe. really significant. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, okay. Well, let's, let's we've got the three things to admit. Uh,
1: the three things to believe. Yeah. Is that Jesus died for us? Okay. Jesus forgives us. Yes. And that Jesus saved saves us, it. and He saved us. Okay, so really, it yeah. boils down to the person of Jesus. Yeah,
0: admit who we are, believe what Jesus has done. Yeah, and we could say then, and then receive. What, what would be the what would the things that we receive as a result? We
1: receive forgiveness of our sins. Yeah, we receive forgiveness of our past. Yeah, because in God's eyes, we have been forgiven through Christ. And then God desires us to live a new life. The Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 5, that that if anyone is in Christ, we are a new creation. Ah, So when a person comes... A new start. A new start. And that's the beauty of the gospel, the good news that we're sharing each night here on Drive Time, is that Ah. whoever we are, doesn't matter what we've done, we come to God with an honest heart and say, I'm a sinner, I've messed up, I've made bad mistakes. But Lord, please forgive me. I believe in Jesus, your son, to die in my place. And we say that prayer, Joseph, we are forgiven and we can live brand new lives in the light of the gospel. Wow. That, William, this, this, you,
0: you've made the decision, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah, I made the decision a long time ago as, as a young person. And um, what, what, what we've just uh, shared here comes right down to the most important thing for every human being. You know, we are to admit, as we've heard, that we are a sinner, that we deserve to die. We cannot save ourselves. To believe, though, that Jesus died for you, for your sins, and that his death forgives you and can give you eternal life. And then we receive the gift that he offers to us. Like we said at the beginning, we can become the children of God. Amen. You know, I want to leave this with, with with each one who's listening today. Because of my sins, I'm under a death sentence. I cannot pay this penalty without losing eternal life. I'd be dead forever. I owe something I cannot pay, but Jesus says I will pay the penalty. I will die in your place. In fact, I, I have died in your place. You will not have to die for your sins. All that remains is for us, for you and I to make a decision whether we're going to receive this offer. The moment we acknowledge our debt and accept his death for my sins, we become his child. That's profound. That's Amen. simple. And, uh, and so, yeah, I wanted to uh, invite you, uh, wherever you might be listening right now, as we've seen from our topic today, it is clear that the only way to deal with our past, every one of us has something in our past we cannot save ourselves we, there's nothing we can do ourselves the only way is to admit our condition to believe that Jesus died for us and to to choose to accept him as as our savior and i want to ask a question tonight is it your desire to admit if you've never never experienced this right here Right now, wherever you are, want to want to invite you to respond. And I want you to respond if you want to admit a- a- and you acknowledge, you recognize that, that you're a sinner, therefore deserve to die, but you want to believe that Jesus died in your place. If that's what you want to say yes to right here now and receive his gift of salvation, if you want to do that right now, I want you to jump on the phone and and respond and let us know. Send us a text on 0488-880-811. That number again, 0488-880-811. Send us a text and and say that you have made this decision now. We, we want to pray for you, want to bless you. Perhaps you want to jump online and you can contact Faith FM and send an email The email address is info at faithfm.com.au. Send us an email and let us know because we want to get get someone in contact with you to help you as you have made this most important decision right here, right now. May God uh, richly bless you.